there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. The door of the inn banged shut behind the white-haired man, and he spun around to glare at it. Lean, he would have been tall if not for a stoop to his shoulders, but he moved in a spry fashion that belied his apparent age. His cloak seemed a mass of patches, in odd shapes and sizes, fluttering with every breath of air, patches in a hundred colors. Chapter 4, Eye of the World. The Gleeman! It's the Gleeman! Yes, Tom Marilyn, Mom. we love you. We do. And yeah. speaking of people that I love, I'm here with my friend Tracy. Uh, I'm here with my friend Amber. And we are the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And Fuck today, yeah, we are. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sometimes did you just I say, "Fuck real... yeah, we are." Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm real excited about us. I'm excited about us and our favorite Glee Man. Yeah, I like I've I've had like some things come up recently that's like really helped me solidify the commitment that I have to what we're doing. Not that it was like ever in question, but I'm really thankful that I've made it a priority because it just continues to be amazing, more fun all the time, all the time. Yeah, did you see Snakes and Foxes post on Twitter with the Wolfhound Dark Friend thing? Because if you didn't, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, look now. Yeah. It's funny. I laughed. (laughs) Well, pretty much everything that he posts is amazing. It's amazing. What is it with the wolfhound? It's it's supposed to be like a... The Dark Hounds from the series. Oh, I re- the Dark Hounds. I retweeted it, so I bet I can find it pretty. How long ago was it? Three days ago? A day ago? Um, not too. I think it was yesterday. Hold on one second. Late footage of Dark. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> oh God, no. No. It's so bad. It's good. What in the ever-loving fuck? <laughs> oh, I can't. There needs to be one of those um, flashy oh, light. Oh, flashlight warnings. Warnings. Ooh, yeah. You just had a mic. Dios mios. So sorry. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't think that would come out of a scarecrow, <laughs> fox, wolf, wolf. Dog robot. Yeah. Fox, wolf, dog, robot. I don't know what it looks like. It's a... It's a a conglomeration. It's not even fully put together. I don't know. I saw that yesterday and I just... I died. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I mean, we did just see that, like, little snippet with a trollic in the background. So we know that they've, like, put definitely some thought and effort into the creatures and then to see this you know like what? not even fully formed amazon <sighs> germany we salute you yeah. for doing the creator's work 
Even though Rafe Judkins was like, we get really sad when you guys see stuff that you're not supposed to see. And I'm like, you know what, Rafe? (laughs) Throw us a bone here. We are junkies, okay? We are complete junkies. What do you expect from us? Yeah. (laughs) We can't get enough. Let me find my tourniquet. (laughs) Right? No, and all I, I mean, in all honesty, I, I would understand, like, if someone got a hold of us talking a bunch of bullshit and was like, listen to these two morons, you know, unedited, unhinged. <laughs> no, but, you know, if they're, they're, they're making art, and of course they want us to see the Trollocs when they're, for, like, yeah. fully formed and the... Because, I mean, this is still, like, not post-production work, right, right. you know? And I think, like, that was one of the comments that came out of it was that there's still a lot that needs to be done. And that's one of the things that I'm really excited about is there's so much they can do now. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, I mean, it didn't even look bad. So uh-uh. if, if that's what, you know, if people are worried about picking that apart, like, you know what, just, just let's make another fifth element reference um tom yeah so to start things off i think we have to talk about tom as he is first portrayed in the books because mm-hmm. this is your favorite it is thing i feel like whenever tom comes up you're like the stooped-shouldered man. And as we see from our quote here in the beginning, Tom is an older man, mm-hmm. white hair, thick mm-hmm. white mustache. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Tracy is always pointing out is the stooped shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing, I, I was flipping through the companion just to kind of see what it says in there. And it I believe it uses the words gnarled and leathery to describe his skin which you suddenly have like this I feel like that was the description of Zen Bowie where they're like he has <laughs> his skin is like an old root mm-hmm yeah but and I, I I feel like gnarled was definitely in there but like that initial description of Tom it just doesn't stick you know, no. at least that's how that's how I feel about it. Because when you first meet Tom, he's like this. You picture someone with a cane. Yeah, like almost a Gandalf-ish character, which I think I kind of put in the notes. Like maybe this was like almost the start of a formation of that kind of presence with Tom, if that makes sense. Like everyone being like, woohoo, a glee man. And he's mm. white, mustached, white hair. Mm-hmm. older but a bit ostentatious you know what i mean and then as i it, can see i can see the similarities with gandalf it's like it's just lightly gandalf, there i'm i don't get i don't get that excited about gandalf as i do about tom though we'll say for i mean totally 100 <laughs> percent thankful that tom is not gandalf <laughs> <laughs> but i can see what you're saying kind of like this wise elderly yeah white-haired man like i don't necessarily think limber adventurous individual i think arrived on kind of a slow plodding horse doing his thing going from place to place singing songs like there's just this 
I don't know, almost an under expectation of him inserted at the very beginning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like he's kind of this, I mean, especially it it always comes back to that stooped shoulder thing. And I know that sounds weird. I kind of feel like right off the bat, he was someone that piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. Like, who's this guy? There's more to him than it seems. And you you just want to get to know him more. Mm-hmm. But I think he's, from right from the very beginning, he's doing things where I'm like, hmm, hmm. Yeah, it quickly changes. That's the thing, is it morphs. Like, Tom's character, and especially, like, how I see and saw him from the beginning of the book to White Bridge changes dramatically. Like, he kind of drops 20 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, he's... How old did the companion say he was? It's not really confirmed, but okay. estimated between 60 and 70 years old at this point. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I put in here in our notes... Is Tom close in age to someone like Joe Biden? I think of Joe Biden as being like a moderately... I mean, he's in the public eye, so that's why I use him. And also that he's about that age and he does have white hair and he's slightly spry. But I can't see him doing backflips. Do you know any 70-year-old that can do backflips? Do you know any 30-year-old that can? Because I don't. Okay, yeah, same. I'm trying to think of people that I know that are in really good shape, but... Right? That takes practice. Right? (laughs) This isn't just something, I mean, if you're a gleeman, maybe these are things you You practice often. Yeah, it's like a... Speaking of gleeman, (laughs) like, (laughs) what what the heck is a gleeman? Right? What is a gleeman? So, this is a Wheel of Time occupation, and it's basically like their version of a minstrel mm-hmm. or like a lesser bard, not mm-hmm. not like a noble bard, mm-hmm. not like a court guy. This is someone that's going around from town to town and traveling and performing and entertaining and playing music and maybe some acrobatics and juggling. But I think what I really enjoy about this is that since the world does have such a rich history written Mm -hmm. within it, Mm -hmm. the role of a gleeman is almost like a historian. Mm -hmm. So you would think during the breaking of the world, lots of information would get lost. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of these stories are handed down by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you know, the gleemen excel at. Mm -hmm. They are keeping these legends alive, whether it be accurate or modified for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. And this is also one of those things that makes you question, you know, since they are kind of like a historian, but also an entertainer, we've seen from Tom early on that we get a lot of info dumping from him Mm -hmm. and it's right off the bat as soon as he's introduced. Mm -hmm. So it kind of can have you second guessing things as well. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, any, when you're having a first person point of view from the character, they're not always a reliable narrator Mm -hmm. because you can't be a hundred percent sure what they're thinking is the truth mm-hmm. of you know something that happened. But with an with a gleeman, when they're telling you know, and then in this year this happened, and this king did this, and 
is this really the truth or will we find out later that the story is different? And I really like that aspect of being able to relearn things as the story goes on and maybe, you know, people that you thought are the bad guys turn out to be something else Mm -hmm. or vice versa. And that's just one of these fun little ways to do plot twists that Mm -hmm. I like. Yeah, and you would have to think, and I mean, this is actually really evident in historical writing, is how the person telling the story and who they are, I don't want to say inevitably, but frequently kind of bleeds out into what is being written or told. And so there's no one to kind of check these guys to say, no, no, you have that wrong and correct it unless they go to an actual academic. And as we've mentioned, that's not exactly something that's available to everyone in the Wheel Mm -hmm. of Time. So Mm -hmm. this is basically... You need that special invitation to the Tarvalin Library. Or the one in... Kyrian or Camelin, like, and they're all in like places where only elite people are allowed to go. And this is the only way you get information. And this is why the people in Edmund's Field, when everything first starts happening, are like, these are just stories from a Gleeman's tale. And the Gleeman, yeah. the Gleeman is actually there. Two rivers, build yourself a school. <laughs> Why haven't get yourself they educated? Why haven't they already? Maybe there is one, but oh, I just they never talk about it. So yeah, it's just I don't know. It's how just, do they learn how to read in the two rivers? I'm guessing know? their parents. I mean, right? It's just it's interesting because I I really do love this point, especially since you look at it and the breaking of the world is three thousand years in the past. And we've talked about, like, some of the major events that have happened from that 3,000 years to the point where we are when the story begins. Mm -hmm. But 3,000 years is a long fucking time. Like, that's one of... What did we say? We broke it down in an episode, and I don't remember which one it was. But that's, like, the Iron Age, basically, for us, I think. Yeah. The Roman Empire would still be in power if this were 3,000 years ago. I'm pretty sure. At the very least, crumbling at the edge of it. I mean, the, the, what is it? The Byzantine Empire didn't fall until like the 15th century. So, I mean, it's just, it's a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered why Jordan put that in there, unless he really, really wanted room for his backstory. And I think that's kind of what it gives him and it gives to the Gleeman too, but it also gives room for a lot of interpretation and right. misinformation. But what's to come crazy through. is when you think about it compared to us, if we go that far back, look at how much we've advanced yep. since then. Mm-hmm. And with the wheel of time, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. They've had a societal collapse. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, especially like one of the things that I noticed in particular while I was in school is that anything academic that's been written more recently has a very different perspective and objective than something written even 100 years ago. And so Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, really something to remember is it's not just the person talking about it's all of their prejudices biases Mm -hmm. that go into it as well in some ways or it's just a story you know yeah like I don't know I I thought this was a really good point 
but I've always kind of wondered about the the time I like span. what you yeah I like what you have here about the high chant thanks plain chant yeah because I I don't think this is a common thing for every glee man gleeman either way but he like he brings it up and he's kind of snotty about it like for those people i perform in common <laughs> like that well yeah that's i mean that can you imagine though that would be like i'm trying to think of like what the equivalent <laughs> would be that would be like going to a wedding or something and the band is talking in old english you wouldn't be able to understand a word you know what i mean yes. if you're a commoner and you're trying to listen to the high chant mm-hmm. yeah it, it would be it would be like being you, a peasant in church during <laughs> the period before the reformation when the priest always spoke in latin and you don't understand anything that's kind of I my thought hold a Ooh. piece here i think this might be from yeah the great hunt i might look for a little bit but what it yeah. was about the high chant and yeah i was just gonna say that i wrote down that he shows a sneering distaste for anything mm-hmm. that has to be done in common and i like that because it also says so much about tom um translations don't have the same sound unless they're in high chant and sometimes that changes meanings even more than most translations there is one verse in the cycle and they're talking about the curiathon cycle it doesn't scan well. Translated word for word, but there's no meaning lost that goes like this. So essentially, if you're talking in high chant, basically where the translation, if you do it literal, it loses its meaning. Mm. So this would kind of be like an idiom or mm-hmm. something. You know, if you translate something word for word, you can get what you're trying to say, but you might lose the Mm -hmm. meaning of it, Mm -hmm. what's deeper implied. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like this is similar with the high chant where it's it's the language of poetry Mm -hmm. and to be able to actually translate something from the high chant, you have to have like this song to you, this feel for it. And I think that's kind of another thing where you're like hmm hmm, hmm, hmm. tom hmm. yeah when i think of him doing high chant i think of performing for shakespearean plays which i've done yeah. at least seven of and it's really hard to do it to understand it to break it down and then perform it because it's almost a different language at this point than it was when it was written even though it's in English. Plus Shakespeare went out of his way to like invent what 30,000 new phrases and words through his stuff, but he did the same thing. Like he's known for his history plays as well as his dramas and comedies and tragedies. Like he's Tom and Shakespeare have a lot in common, I would say. I'm almost curious if the old tongue and the high chant are hand in hand, go hand in hand together. Oh, interesting. Because a lot is misunderstood with the Koreathon cycle. Uh-huh. And that's because I feel like of the translation from the old tongue and not everyone can speak the old tongue. Mm-hmm. 
And we learn in the books, it is said that most people that speak the old tongue can only say a few words, just enough to impress someone else who doesn't speak it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where with all of this relating to prophecy, this is where it gets kind of muddled because if you don't know exactly, (laughs) I'm trying to go go at this without any spoilers here. Hmm. It, it kind of feels like someone who knows the high chant mm-hmm. and the old tongue mm-hmm. might have a better chance at learning the deeper meaning of these mm-hmm. things. Well, oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you want to write it down for later? I think so. I think so. Okay. But I feel like we can move forward yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah, his yeah. introduction yeah, into Eye of the World because... He's He comes in, he's got this entertainment for everyone. People are excited for Beltine. It's time for a celebration. And then we get kind of these mysterious qualities that Tom shows. And, you know, despite his appearance and stooped shoulders, he's able to perform these, like, skillful acrobat, mm-hmm. acrobatic, like, flips and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then on winter night, I guess... Spoiler warning if you haven't Yeah, finished. I think I think um, for this one it's up to chapter twenty six that Eye of the World. Yeah. Yeah. That you should be read up to. And if you mm-hmm. have it, most of this will be a spoiler. So just yeah. a heads up. And then we'll be If you've doing... read Eye of the World you're good. all the way through, you're fine. Yeah. So um he's on winter night, he's showing some pretty great athleticism Mm -hmm. like I mean he jumps in there Mm -hmm. to assist with the trollic attack yep and even Lan is like I don't trust this gleeman right and where was he during the attack and Moraine was basically like he was throwing down just like you Lan Mm -hmm. just because you didn't see him doesn't mean he wasn't there right and he also has this ability to kind of plant seeds in people's heads so casually that the person can sometimes think that they came up with the idea that, themselves. That moment with Tom and Bran and Rand and Albier. Tam Ma- and yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that moment. I loved it. Mm-hmm. He appears to be much more, maybe much smarter than just this mm-hmm. your average mm-hmm. traveling performer. Totally. Um, well, in his first interaction with. Moraine is really interesting and gives like an extra kind of push in that who the fuck are you yeah sense there's almost it's almost kind of like a little stare down between the two absolutely and they do this little dance Mm -hmm. where they're kind of circling each other with words and they're not coming right out to say it I mean to me this is just hands down Kyrienen Deste Mar Aes Sedai Moraine like looking at Tom yep. and kind of, I feel like a shark, like thinking that they're cir- circling another predator in the water and Tom gives it right back to her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such an amazing meeting mm-hmm. between these two characters where I'm like, yes, yeah. here we go. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. I agree with that. Further along in Eye of the World, we do see Tom's relationship with Rand and Matt start to develop. They get separated from Perrin and Moraine and Lan. So 
Tom spends most of his time with Rand and Matt. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in their short time together, Rand and Matt learn a lot of kind of like life skills and lessons from Tom. Tom is kind of begrudgingly teaching them. Yeah, he it, he doesn't want this responsibility, but they've taken he's a good it. Person, yeah, yeah, they've like taken it on as their disguise, and I think like Tom says yeah. something like, "I don't know how to pretend at teaching, boy." Like, I don't know why <laughs> that always gets kind of like that weird Southern accent towards the end, but that's like to me, that's how it I feels. feel it. You know, like I feel it. I fucking mm-hmm. do something. I don't half-ass things, and that's right. another really strong quality about Tom because he's not like mm-hmm. just poo-pooing them through playing yeah. whatever it is that they're doing. He even makes them yeah. do handstands. Yeah. If someone tried to make me do handstands, I might slap them. <laughs> you know? Uh, How yeah. dare you? I mean, I'm not that kind of gleeman. No. <laughs> You'll be lucky if I can remember the end of the story. That's the kind of gleeman I am. <laughs> writing writing down this other half of right? the story so I'm sorry, don't forget I'm it sorry. later. I'm sorry, room full of people. Give me just just a moment. I have to Let write this down. Thumb through my notes. <laughs> But I think something that really sticks out to me is when he separates all of their money mm-hmm. and he's kind of like showing them like, look, you guys have to get organized. Mm-hmm. I might not always be around mm-hmm. and I can't be here to take care of you if some- things go south. Yeah. And he's really protecting them mm-hmm. at all costs. He's easing all of the tensions on the boat yep. when they're sailing with Bail Doman. That was exactly and what I was just thinking about, too. Because if a mutiny would have happened, Tom and Rand and Matt would have definitely been casualties of that mutiny. And Tom yeah. just does such a great job of being like, hey, look at me. I'm juggling. Hey, look at me. I'm making my stupid apprentices do dumb shit. Like, he yeah. really manages that crew in an admirable way. Yeah, there was nowhere for them to go. Mm-hmm. They were stuck on a boat with people that would have likely thrown them overboard, tied them to a brick. I don't Slip know. Slit their throats and just toss their bodies yeah. over the edge right. of the ship. And then there you go. The story's over. Yep, done. That's it. Done. <laughs> Tom, the, but, the savior of Matt and Rand in so many yes, ways, you know? And not even really just like that, but in the, again, that seed planting way. Because mm-hmm. Rand doesn't understand what Tom is doing. Because that, that moment is from his point of view. And he, he mm-hmm. I think he even says something flat out. Like, he just doesn't understand why Tom is doing all of these things. But I think he's caught on to it by the end and that's something that's going to serve him and Matt really well as they're going past mm-hmm. Whitebridge. So Tom has a huge impact in a really short amount of time, which is something that makes what happens in Whitebridge particularly upsetting. I don't know. I, I cried yeah. for Hopper, and I, but I, and I only feel like this weird pang of regret for Tom. I think for me, like I was, I was really upset. Because, so, leading up to Whitebridge, yeah. Yeah. we've got Gelb in the inn. Mm-hmm. We've got Rand and Matt with Tom trying to pry out information from the innkeeper, mm-hmm. who's a bit of a talker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a talker. Uh-huh. <laughs> we've got the information that there are 
questionable people looking for Rand and Matt Mm -hmm. and Tom and people have their descriptions. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, you guys should get the fuck out. Just get out. Yeah. The innkeeper is like, if you know what's good for you, go. Because he doesn't want to be caught seen with them either. He doesn't even take their money. Like, that's how much he wants to pretend that didn't happen. He doesn't even want to take their money. An innkeeper that doesn't want to take someone's money? Right. This is a bad situation. So Tom sneaks him out a window. (laughs) I love that. Leaves. Oh, he gives them, he bundles up his instruments. Yes, and his cloak. And his cloak comes back completely transformed to the point that Rand and Matt think he is a Merdral. Yeah. And they're like ready to shit themselves. And Tom is like, it's me, you dummies. Like, you come lubies. On. Sorry, that's my come favorite on, now. Come on, you lubies. Because, yeah, he like shows up in the in the edge of the alley, a tall man in a dark cloak. This is mm-hmm. not our stoop-shouldered man who shows up at the beginning of Eye of the World. This is, I mean, if he's... Something totally different. Exactly. If he has the commanding presence of a tall man in a dark cloak that inspired mm-hmm. fear that quickly in Matt and Rand, who is he? Who is yeah. he? And it's just such an amazing transformation for him because it's so subtle and it doesn't it doesn't even feel like i'm not even upset about it you know i'm like okay cool yeah i i love this transformation get it tom like what's coming next and i'm all excited about who he's going to be Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) and then and then yeah so so this was just it was really Really sad. You hate to see a character go. Yeah. Especially someone with all of this potential and, I don't know, Ability. hmm Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's, shown himso- he's shown himself to be this incredibly multifaceted individual. And right before, like, they get ready to go, he tells them the story about his nephew, Owen, which I think is so much of who Tom is in this moment because Matt is asking him repeatedly why are you helping us and Tom is finally like someone I love died because they got in trouble with an Aes Sedai and Mm -hmm. I feel guilt and if I can stop that from happening for someone else that's what I want to do and you are now invested in him. You know he is invested in them. And you're suddenly feeling like maybe things are going to be okay. Which is Right. Well, always... when you see him come back. Yeah. All like, we're, get, we're doing this. We're, we're getting out of this. here. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Hide in my cloak. Hide in my instruments. He's taking it seriously if he's hiding all of that shit. Right. And then when it comes to the last minute, Tom, this is the part that like guts me is Tom like kind of like shoves these bundles in their arms mm-hmm. and it's his flute and his harp and his cloak. And he's like, run, you fools, run. And I'm just like, oh, hell. Oh, no. Oh, right. no. Right. Oh, no. And it's it's. His prized possessions. Exactly. His prized possessions. His livelihood. 
mm-hmm. the way he takes care of I mean, and we we know how valuable he is. Bill Doman offers him money to stay on his ship after saying he wouldn't let his own grandmother ride for free. And he's mm-hmm. like, you can make a fortune in Ilian. That's the next mm-hmm. place I'm going. Come with me and be a wealthy man. And Tom instead is like, well, I'm hanging out with these farm boys. I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. So, like, ee, there's so much and I like on top about of, him. Tom had every chance to distance himself Oh, yeah. From an eye to eye yep. that he is not happy about being around. Mm-mm. And these farm kids mm-hmm. that he is under no, he's not responsible for them. He has no obligation he, towards them. Yeah. He's just made this decision. He's going to tag along. And it's an incredible decision. And he's such a great character for them to have, even if it's just up to this point. I agree. Thanks. So one thing that I want to say is that he wasn't responsible for them, but nope, can't say it. <laughs> We're, you know what? Let's conclude this because we know yeah, what happens say, at the gotten... end of Whitebridge. And I think we have a few things that we want to say as a send off to our dear friend, Tom the Gleeman. I agree. Who literally went out in a flash of light. Literally. Which I'm still mystified by. But literally. What, he's a blaze of glory, as only Bon Jovi could imagine. <laughs> it's Tom Bon Jovi now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to say a few words. Please, please, um, please. I split this up a few. Yay. Dearly beloved, we have gathered today to say some final words as a goodbye. Tom Marilyn was very picky about his friends. I'm surprised some of you sheep herders made the cut. When he wasn't flourishing his first, second, or even third set of favorite daggers, he was regaling us with tales of heroes and grand adventures, pantomiming, riding a horse on tabletops, mistrusting an Aes Tom you will be sadly missed. That's our, that's our farewell to Tom. That's our farewell to Tom and the end of our spoiler-ish free section. <laughs> After the break, we will be digging into spoilers throughout the entire series. So mm-hmm. if you haven't read past this white bridge moment, mm-hmm. you'll want to turn around and... Say goodbye. Say yeah. goodbye. Turn around every now and then. <laughs> um, Do you want to chat or? Yeah, I'll uh, call you. Okay, cool. Hey, friends. I know this isn't our usual ad. However, Amber and I wanted to share with you that things are growing and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. First, we finally joined the world of Patreon and would love your support. We have four tiers ranging from $3 a month to $25 a month. To thank you for your support, there are perks for each tier, including exclusive merchandise not sold in our Threadless shop. You can find out more about each tier and how you can support us at Patreon backslash RoadToTarvalen.com 
or just click on the link in the show notes. Second, our Threadless shop is overflowing with beautiful designs and various items to put them on. We have coffee mugs, phone cases, tote bags, notebooks. There are also plenty of t-shirts and tanks for the summer. Starting June 13th and running through the 27th, all t-shirts are $15. And there's 15% off everything. And there's free shipping on orders over $45. If you have been waiting to grab yourself some Wheel of Time merch, your time is coming. Third, we love you guys, really. Thank you for all the support you have given and for keeping us company on the road to Tarvalon. Do you want to know what song that I thought would be really good for the Tom Instro, but done in a medieval fashion? Yes, always. Okay. It's this. Speak pimpin', baby. It's the flute, right? Big pimpin', spinning cheese. That'd be great. <laughs> ah, you know what? And that is actually fucking perfect to move into the spoiler section because Tom and his association with the ladies. Yes. Right? Big pimpin', indeed, man. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah, Tom is a ladies' man. Yeah. Yeah, but first... But first... How... To finish up this Whitebridge incident... Yeah! (laughs) How does he survive? He straight up rugby tackles a fade... Yeah. ...and comes out with a limp. Yeah. But he's alive. But he's alive. And if he... I know. If he's limping, it means that Mm -hmm. he was injured. And if he was injured, Mm -hmm. it was more than likely with a Thakandar blade. And what we maybe know at this point, I don't know, it took me a while to get it, is a Thakandar blade will kill you. It's not a question. It just will. Does he say at one point there were sisters in the city that healed him? Well, okay, so in the... I, I looked it up, and in the companion, it gives kind of this strange answer about what happened. So he was wounded... In the leg, and the companion says he would have died had not an Aes Sedai shown up just in the nick of time. Like Samitsu, she could regulate her weaves, so she was able to heal him enough to keep him alive, but he was left with a limp and a scar. And after that, I wrote, What? Question mark, exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. Like, who was this Aes Sedai? How did Tom trust her enough to let her heal him? And if he had an injury from a Thakandar blade, like we said, he definitely would have died without the intervention. And I had to look up Samitsu because of what it says about her being able to regulate her weaves because mm-hmm. I didn't understand what that meant. And it's actually a really rare ability for somebody who can heal to do this. Like, Katsuane says that Samitsu is the best healer like if katsuane says it then she holds this woman in very high regard but But then if it it wasn't wasn't her then who who was it does anyone know maybe this was just a like an oopsie whoops like yeah he didn't have a character named this and didn't didn't think we'd be having a podcast about it, wondering what the heck happened and didn't who think this there would be was. Thousands of angry nerds asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> but how? Poking at it with a stick. Yeah. 
finding the the holes in it. Yeah, I I think that it's just so interesting because it is even though he has like this meh explanation for mm-hmm. how he survives later, we're all like, "Hooray, Tom's back. We love Tom." Like yeah. It's so joyous. We don't even care how he survived in the moment. We're just glad that he did. So, I mean, uh, that yeah. flash of lightning, I think, didn't someone say that it had something to do Lauren, with power rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you, Lauren. The pattern said mm-hmm. that his best set of knives were power rot. Mm-hmm. So power rot knives explode? I mean, that doesn't seem well, like power rot. To me, but I think it was something about how they connect to the Thakandar blade. Okay, like if it would have been a different weapon, perhaps that flash of light wouldn't have been there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, we don't see that later on when like Rand with his Heron Mark blade is fighting a Murdral. Mm-hmm. That there's no spark there, but maybe this just is this specific type of dagger i mean it is tom and he's had access to the nobility which means that Aes Sedai have been passing in and out of his life for decades because he's ancient um (laughs) but i mean seriously how old is he why okay sorry i just that just always we'll get to it speaking of access to the nobility yeah should we talk about his time as a court bard we absolutely yes Because this is one of the best parts about Tom, really, in my opinion. It's his backstory. I love it. And in The Shadow Rising, we have a moment between Moraine and Tom. And she's talking to him. And she, if I remember correctly, she's trying to get him to go with the girls as kind of a, not like chaperone, but as like some muscle. A protector. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Sorry, I just realized like her putting him in place as a protector is almost like later on she takes him as a warder as her personal protector. So yeah. she already had quite a bit of trust mm-hmm. that Tom would function as a protector in that moment when she asked him that. Yeah. Huh. Okay, sorry. Sorry to just like be like, oh, but mm. the quote is her smile was just short of laughter, but she spoke as if reading from a page. Tom Drill, Maryland called the gray fox once by some who knew him or mm-hmm. knew of him. Court bard at the royal palace of Andor and Camelin, Morgay's lover for a time after Terengale died. Fortunate for Morgay's Terengale's death, I do not suppose she ever learned he meant for her to die and himself to become Andor's first king. But we were speaking of Tom Marilyn, a man who, it is said, could play the game of houses in his sleep. It's a shame that such a man calls himself a simple gleeman, but such arrogance to keep the same name. Ooh, such a good one. Throw down. So Moraine is alluding to the fact that Tom killed Terengale mm-hmm. and that it was because Terengale was having an assassination attempt on... Queen Morgays. Mm-hmm. We know things in Andor are shady. The mm-hmm. Destemar political situation is not something that an outsider would be able to come out unscathed. I mean, mm-hmm. you you have to be a very witty, 
quick on your feet, both literally and figuratively kind of person. Yeah, this is malleable. This is like House of Cards political intrigue on steroids. It's crazy. It's one of the really good layers to the series, too, is that it's not just battles and Mm -hmm. other interactions. It's this political game that's always unfolding. And it gets so complicated. Yeah. It gets so complicated. I'm 99% sure that George R.R. Martin, not stole, but he liked. Inspired? Yeah, inspired by the game of houses to call Mm -hmm. his first you know, book in a song of ice and fire, a game of thrones. Game of thrones. And mm-hmm. this is just one of these cool things that I think that Robert Jordan kind of like put his stamp on mm-hmm. and made into such an amazing theme mm-hmm. that goes into this type of literature. And I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. I love it. I love that there are various layers of who is good at it and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Like Kyrian is at the top and then it kind of like moves to the other ones, isn't? It? I think Tyr would probably be behind them. But what I love is the Aiel who don't use it at all, and so they don't get it. They're well, like, they we don't understand say, why you behave this way. Yeah, what's wrong with you? They even say <laughs> that the game is basically owned by the Aes Sedai, even if they're not mm-hmm. credited as starting it. Good point. It's mm-hmm. just something in their. I don't know. It's like built into their infrastructure, yeah. really. Like we've, I mean, we've talked about the White Tower and all of their f- shortcomings, failings, all of those <laughs> things. But I mean, at that, they excel. Yeah. Even when it ends in like a big time fuck up, they their eyes they get and what they ears want. network is insane. They mm-hmm. can talk in circles without giving away what they're really wanting. Hmm. And yeah. this is something that even Rand is just like, I will not be a part of some Aes I plot. I will not give mm-hmm. in to this Destemar bullshit when he's mm-hmm. in the Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. And it's just he begrudgingly is like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But even his his time spent with Moraine and Tom, if it weren't had been for if it had not been for these two characters, Mm-hmm. I don't think Rand would have been able to be seen as this lord, I think, in the beginning. I think you are 100% correct. What I'm thinking of really is the end of the Eye of the World when they get to Faldara and mm-hmm. he's mistaken as a lord. But at this point, he has been broken and reshaped over and over and over again throughout the beginning of the book. Like, that's what all of those trials that were like, Jesus Christ, these kids can't get a break. That's what that does. So that when he steps into Faldara and they hear his name, they're like, oh, of course, you're a lord. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't understand why people would see me this way. But Tom has planted those seats in his head. He's Mm -hmm. given, he's even given them the confidence to perform in front of a room full of people. Yeah. But also gives them the insight to look at them the way that at least a little bit that he would right just these little things that tom has given to them it's not just how many times yeah how many times did they hear tom's words in their Uh head Mm -hmm. they'll have a they'll have an obscure thought about something and then they'll remember words that tom had said 
previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that moment in The Shadow Rising. Like, we just did those chapters with The Wheel Reads, and... Like, it's, it's a sentence, but it's like Rand mentioning the note that Tom had slipped into his coat pocket that had just come back from being brushed. So Tom is slipping around all kinds of stealthy yeah. Desdemar master and is slipping notes into Rand's pocket without anyone really being able to make the connection outside of Rand. Mm -hmm. He's brilliant in so many ways and it's really like he's used it so many times yeah he uses it to help Morgase's mom mm -hmm. which is interesting and then he uses it to help Morgase and then he uses it to influence like the other people that come later as well so Elaine also gets on that list so it's mm -hmm. mom daughter granddaughter yeah that he's like kind of forging a little bit yeah and it's it's even it's even a little more than that but I think I think we've got that in the notes a little bit later yeah anyway one of the things about more gays that I just find interesting is we see her in the books especially in the beginning of eye of the world this you know cart men farmer that's taking Rand and Matt off to Camelon. Yeah. And he's saying like, oh, you know, Queen Morgays, like this, these are her men and they keep everyone mm -hmm. on like a straight and narrow path. And mm -hmm. he's kind of talking with this love in his voice mm -hmm. for Morgays. Mm -hmm. And I really think she's just really beloved by the people. And it's not just that she's beautiful or strong, but she's fair mm -hmm. and people really respect her. And without Tom being mm -hmm. there for her and creating a path for her, mm -hmm. we wouldn't get this more gaze. Exactly. Like we said earlier, it in tear when Rand is kind of getting pulled at from the nobles mm -hmm. and he's experiencing all of these problems, Tom is there and Moraine is there. And despite Rand kind of, it almost feels like he's a little bit on autopilot at some mm -hmm. points where he's like, mm -hmm. I'm doing this. They're, you know, everyone else is dragging me and pulling at me, but I'm just going to do what I want to do. But I really think He's got these words of wisdom behind him from people that came into his life like Tom. Mm -hmm. And they are there for him mm -hmm. despite his choices that he makes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's a good thing that Tom is there because Rand's level of trust with Moraine is not at its highest point mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, And so Tom being able to like step in to fill in what, Maureen probably wanted Rand to know exactly. anyway. Exactly. Because they both, and I mean, we talk about this later on when like Tom and Maureen become a thing. I like, just think of, I think of more Maureen and New Spring lands like an Aes Sedai and a Kyrianan. Fuck. Yeah. But yeah. Tom is just as dangerous, yep. just as, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I want to, I want to say manipulative. But not with like necessarily the negative, negative connotation mm -hmm. that comes along with it, because it is possible to benevolently manipulate, manipulate a situation. <laughs> yeah. Tom is giving Rand the groundwork 
to manipulate these nobles into a position where they do what Rand wants them mm-hmm. to do. And I mean, yes, Rand is Taviran and he's got like the backing at this moment of the Aeel. So, I mean, in some ways, this is almost more of a rule by fear than it is rule mm-hmm. by right. Mm-hmm. And so he's finding his groundwork underneath that. Sorry, I think I have dog hair on my nose and it really itches. <laughs> I just I think that he fills this really crucial role for Rand and shows him how to like especially with how the the nobles are like I'm totally okay with hanging a peasant. Oh wait. You're a peasant. Yeah, technically. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. And so I mean, if and he that's... were still just a peasant, mm-hmm. if he were still just the boy that he was when he left from Emmons Field, if he had gone straight from there to tear, this would be an entirely different situation. And Tom is essential. He mm-hmm. is such an essential character. And I love that. I love it. And that's just, I mean, I think that's something too where Tom could have walked away at any moment. Any but he moment. Didn't. He didn't. Mm-mm. And I think, like, especially once Elaine becomes part of it, he doesn't really feel like he can. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, he feels like he let Morgase down. Right. He carries a lot of guilt around what happened between him and Morgase. And we see what happened to Morgase when Tom left, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quick interjection before we move over to, like, the one of the most tragic characters, because I don't want to forget to say it, and I didn't Mm -hmm. know where else to place it. I would just like to mention Tom at the last battle and how he's just basically chilling up by the entrance to the cave, and he's just stacking bodies of Black Aja sisters that he kills as they try to come up and just is like, well, here's another one for the pile. Yeah. Exquisite. Exquisite is the word. Exquisite. That's it. That's all. That's all. I I just want to give him that nod from the last battle. And then I think I feel ready to move on to what you have very aptly titled one of the most tragic characters of the series. You're so right. Despite everything that he did for Morghese, he leaves to save his only really living bloodline yeah Mm -hmm. yeah fails at saving him and then Mm -hmm. is kicked out of the palace by more gays and like given like a death sentence if he returns yeah ouch which she never rescinds no or does she finally do it in the end i don't remember um it doesn't matter elaine rescinds it Oh, that's right. That's right. I feel like something got lifted at some point. What I did not know about this until I read it in the in the companion is that this was actually orchestrated by fucking Elida. Of course our it was. Favorite person. I know, right? The minute I saw that, that was pretty much exactly what I said. I was just like, oh, why am I not surprised? I mean, she maneuvered herself specifically mm-hmm. to be Morgase's advisor. Yeah. And so she would want to have the ultimate authority over influence and what Morgase ends up doing. Of course, an Aes Sedai would be fearful of having Tom around. He's so smart and he's right? so, capable. as we've seen, deadly capable. Mm-hmm. And yep. just like that farmer cart driver said that this red sister Elida might as well be wearing the be crown the queen. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
because she has so much influence and she wouldn't mm-hmm. have that if she would have not cut moved the tie. Her. Yeah, because she's this is the only this is the only part of the male channeler pogrom uh that the red aja uh, I want to say committed. It sounds weird to put it that way, but like the, this is the when they like, ram- was Yeah, because like of. this is when they have. I don't remember what it's called. It's in one of our episodes somewhere. And every time we talk the about Al- it, I forget. The Elida it. one. Probably. It's probably in the Elida episode. <laughs> wow, Tracy. Anyway, this is the only one that she's actually involved in, and it mm-hmm. does end in the death of this young man. So what she did was successful. Morgase mm-hmm. was pissed off. She told Tom to hit the road and if he ever came back, she'd kill him. Yeah. And then Elida's like spider. She's almost Mogidian esque in this mm-hmm. moment where she's like kind of waited and pushed. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Fucking Elida. Fucking Elida. Losing his nephew and then being basically blacklisted, kicked out by his lover, mm-hmm. we finally see him in the Dragon Reborn, mm-hmm. and he has a new, I want to say apprentice, but she is also his lover, Dina. Uh-huh. This is a theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is Dina. I believe Rand says that she appears to be close to his age, so mm-hmm. wow, Tom. Wow. Wow. But Tom is like, He's thinking, you know, like, I should marry her, but what would she do with an old man like me? Like, she's going to be a court bard. She's going to go places. Mm -hmm. She'll be, you know, working for kings and queens, and I'm just this old, crippled man. Mm -hmm. But what happens is Rand and Tom are seen together. This takes place in Kyrian. Mm -hmm. People in Kyrian are Dustamar assassins. Crazy? Yeah, like they are just <laughs> crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Two and two gets put together. Someone is sent to, we'll get into this a little bit later, but someone was sent to question Tom about his relationship with Rand and mm-hmm. Dina is killed. Mm-hmm. He loses his next love interest, I guess. And this mm-hmm. is just... It's so sad, but at the same time, it sparks a wave of repercussions throughout Kyrian. (laughs) Big ones. Big. Huge. Huge. (laughs) Huge. Huge. Yep. The other thing that I would put in the theme category is Tom's assassination of Tarangale, which I think is like kind of our next thing that we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But then also what he does after Dina is murdered is another assassination. Mm -hmm. So theme, theme, Mm -hmm. dear Tom, the assassin. I almost feel like too, this is just the effects of Dust de Mar in general. Mm -hmm. Like this is just, it's so cutthroat that it's like the the serpent biting its tail. Yeah, yes. it's like this. It's just a never-ending. <sighs> I mean, can you imagine being in a situation where you know for a fact the woman you love will die if you do not intervene, and 
would you take the choice of asking someone else to do it or would you do it yourself to ensure mm -hmm. their safety? And Tom, in the case of Morgase, makes the choice to kill Taryn Gale to make sure that she is not assassinated by him. So he mm -hmm. takes a life to save a life and seems pretty okay about it. So we so we know. So we know. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. who knows how it has affected him internally, but in this case, someone has come in and killed someone that he cares deeply for, and he's like, you know what, fuck Deste Mar. I know there's going to be shit that comes out after this, but you, motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. Right. And he does. Right. And he does. Cool. So his next love interest... <laughs> Is that where we are? Have yes. we gone past that? Yes. Okay, cool. I was kind of thinking about the the many months he spends holding onto Moraine's letter before she falls into the redstone doorway. She yes. hands off a note for Rand and one for him to give to Tom when he sees Tom next. Mm -hmm. And we don't find out what's in Tom's letter until much later in the series. And he has been waiting and waiting and waiting for mm -hmm. Matt to ask him about it because he knows if he doesn't and instead he brings us up to Matt that it will guarantee Maureen will die. And I cannot imagine the patience, the stress that that must have put on poor Tom like this whole time knowing he can save her but he has to wait, wait. Mm -hmm. yeah like seriously my heart just kind of like that's painful and we learned that they love each other to the degree that they instantly marry each other and she bonds him as his warder after he is finally rescued. And the mm -hmm. person who like throws down the biggest sacrifice on this one besides Noel and his entire life is Matt <laughs> having his eye ripped out. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Noel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, those dudes went in there and Tom basically comes out unscathed, gets married and becomes a warder. And Matt's like, God damn, my head hurts and I lost an eye, you guys. Could you... I don't, I don't need a lover's reunion. Could someone do something about this? Right. Right. <laughs> it's just so, it's so weird. It's so weird. It was so unexpected to me, but apparently like I must've missed stuff. Cause when I went online, like Dragon Mount, there were comments that were like, it's very subtle. It's in the There's, shadow rising. It happens before that. I've got, okay. I've got Ooh, the would... great hunt open right when Rand uh, runs into him and Kyrian. The mm, first mm -hmm. thing that Tom asks him is, well, Rand wants to know, like, how did you survive the fade? Mm -hmm. And he kind of tells him. And then the first thing Tom does, he says, he paused looking thoughtful. Moraine said I was alive. Did she? Is she still with you then? And Rand shook his head no. To his surprise, Tom seemed disappointed. Too bad in a way. She's a fine woman, even if she is, he left it unsaid. So this is in The Great Hunt. And then again in The Dragon Reborn, when he is, oh, fuck, when he is re 
reunited with Matt when Matt runs into him. I love these stacks of books you have. I know. I was like, I've got piles going on. I love it. I love it. So Rand told Tom that Matt was still alive. And the quote is, Rand said you were alive. He told Tom when Mata and Saul were out of hearing. Maureen always said that she thought you were, but I had heard you were in Kyrian. Tom's eyes sharpened to almost a keenness Matt remembered. I'm not sure I expected that. Maureen is still with him. Is she? A fine-looking woman. A fine woman, if she were not Aes Sedai. So, there are little, like, these little tiny blips of him Mm -hmm. having interests or you know what I mean like it doesn't really say that he's like oh I love her she's like the first person he asks about though yeah and that's like they were they were traveling with just her she's the only one he doesn't ask about anyone else he's asking about Moraine specifically he's not like hey how's Perrin doing or you know Egwene like no yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he like and he sharpens up at the thought of her yes you know like she brings this especially moment of clarity to him especially considering in the dragon reborn tom is piss drunk he's performing and almost falls off stage and then matt buys him another wine which he chugs <laughs> and it is and, and not because he's thirsty no and it is up until he mentions Moraine then he's like oh oh she's so, still around yeah and he's he's deep in the booze because he's mourning the loss of Dina mm-hmm. so it's just I don't know I mean I we've talked about how I kind of I like the pairing between Tom and Moraine me too surprisingly in retrospect I think that they are a power couple and these are people you do not want to fuck with. Like I wouldn't want to mess with them. No. Mm-mm. Not at no. all. I mean, deadly, deadly, deadly. Those are the yes. three words I yes. have to describe them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I Absolutely. was trying to think of something that would be like, I mean, crafty, clever, manipulative. They are all the things that they need to be charming, empathetic. Like when they're in Whitebridge and Nynaeve is observing Moraine's interaction with people, she is surprised by Moraine's authentic empathy for the people Mm -hmm. who had experienced tragedy and loss and uncertainty. And the fact that she can do that, the fact that... And I said I can do that. Exactly. The fact that Tom can sit down and have an innkeeper basically spill out everything he's heard in the last week or so. You know, like, they are they are charming. They are engaging. They are everything. I am totally with you. I wish that there was, like, a spinoff Moraine Tom yes. series. Yes. You know? And as far as agent stuff goes, one of the things that I think was mentioned is that we aren't really sure of how old people reach at this point in the third age of the Westlands. Because, I mean, we know, like, in the Age of Legends, people live to be hundreds of years old. And I don't necessarily know if that was ever said to only Channelers be or non-channelers? People. That's what I'm wondering. Like, was it just channelers who had these exceptionally long lives? Or is just, like, everyone... Like, does everyone have a 100-plus-year lifespan? Okay, Question like... Mark. Yeah, Don't science- know. New science, new... Better diets, I don't know, something. 
Well, yeah, they were, they were, everyone was well fed at least. <laughs> there was that. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Well, it seems like in a, in an age where science is highly regarded, they would have new techniques for things. Mm-hmm. Like the Age of Legends would. Yeah, and we had Aes Sedai that were really focusing on healing and mm-hmm. making sure people were healthy. So, yeah, I could see the general population being much older. And it wasn't just healing of the body that Aes Sedai did. They understood and approached the healing of the mind. And I mean, yeah, that's what turns what's-her-face, what is it, Samurag, Samuraj, mm-hmm. into like the horrible, terrible, torturing forsaken that she becomes. I think I have the right one. But if you can like wipe out cancer, then, you know, right. how much how much more of an average lifespan does that add well, people to? have. Yeah, yeah, if you have healers running around who like no take more care dementia, of, no more cancer, no more, no, um, no more dying from an infection, right? You know, like even just simple things. So yeah, I I just have to wonder maybe there's maybe there's a longer lifespan strain, and Tom has some of it. And as I don't a know. warder, he's he's yes. also getting a little bit back from Moraine. You know? Which I think is so great. It's like, oh hey, here's a here's your uh, fountain of youth, Tom. It's not that he gets to like stay young forever, but it feels like it just recharges him, yeah. and he's already pretty fucking spry to begin with. Yeah. So, and it's funny how she goes from Lan to Tom. Like, yeah. they are so different, but, but their loyalty and their love and deadliness? of Moraine, yes. <laughs> Like, on that level, they are perfectly matched for her. And I, I almost, love that. I feel like Tom is a much better match for her than Lan. Uh, 100%. Especially if she's looking at her warder as more of a companion and partner mm-hmm. and not just her warder. The Malkiri Whereas, ways and the Kyrianan ways are not very cohesive. <laughs> no. In fact, he has a lot of negative thoughts around her this is becoming a moraine episode (laughs) (laughs) we can move on a little bit i don't mind i love her so much and i really do love their connection to each other and she is a huge part of who he is who he becomes who he waits through Mm -hmm. for i mean if that even makes sense so i mean she is integral to who he is and tom is essential to our story as we've said so i i we can talk about them it's great the one thing that i did want to mention is um i asked the internet how moraine (laughs) and tom (laughs) fell in love and someone said that it was the red string theory which i think i sent to you Mm -hmm. and it was it's like it basically is just saying you wanted something to happen so you just like kind of threw it in at the end and hoped that there was enough foreshadowing put in some place earlier that it connected everything together yeah and i was like okay i I buy that i feel like there's more than just a little bit of foreshadowing, though. That's that's actually like Tom, what I'm finding out. I like, feel like through Tom what was you into said. her. Yeah, and it took you like you talking about it, and then like some of the the further reading that I ended up doing about it, and other people finding things about their connection through the series. It almost makes sense that their reunion was instantly 
please be with me forever. Well, if you know, I I feel like Moray knew that Tom was going to come to save her. That's why she Mm -hmm. wrote him the letter. Like she foresaw this Mm -hmm. somehow, some way. Which, Which set of rings do you think told her that this was important? The ones in Tarvalon or the ones in Ruidian? Let's talk like, about that in a different episode because that's yeah. a really fun question. That'll yeah, I'm sure there's I'll have to do some rereading. <laughs> but yeah, if you know that someone is going to risk their lives to come and save you and you're she's basically trapped in this other dimension. We don't mm-hmm. know how time passes there with mm-hmm. these creatures just feeding on you and she's just mm-hmm. waiting for her knight in shining armor basically to come. We'll mm-hmm. hear, won't, won't he? Mm-hmm. I think the moment that they pull her off of that, I don't know, it's like a like a tabernacle or something in church. Yeah. It's like this- she's almost on like an altar. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. She's the sacrifice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like the moment they pull her off of that thing, she just, you know, like she looks at him and she's forever indebted and grateful and yeah like i can see i can see how it could be that quick mm-hmm. and i could see for tom too morena's gorgeous she's smart she's strong she's fierce she's capable like what's not to love about her she's right? just as deadly as he is and yep. he's was with a queen for Christ's sake mhm he, he and has they a might, thing. He has a he. They there's might, a type. He has a type. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I mean, maybe him and Moraine are actually, they might be the closest in age of all of his right other lovers. Like, there's the generally a, at least at least a twenty year age gap between him and the woman that he is with at the time. The, so, which one? Dina? Dina in Dina is companion. like Rand's age. Yeah, so she's much more than 20 years younger yeah. than Tom yeah. is. And then it says in the companion, I think online, that it's estimated that Tom is at least 19 to 20 years older than, than Morgays. Okay. And then him and Elaine are flirting around and who knows what's happening with that. And she's definitely... No, 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 no. Earplugs. <laughs> I refuse to believe they were flirting. Refuse. Yeah. I refuse it. Absolutely not. No. I can't. I have never quite decided where I land on that. Like, I feel as though there is, from Elaine's perspective, it's, it's almost. Okay, no, never mind. <laughs> I don't. I just. I. I saw it as her being like kind of having a foster father, kind of this moment of regression to a childlike state. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, there is that moment where she gets drunk and she tugs on his mustache and she's like, oh, my God, I remember who you are, you know? And so it does go all the way back to her childhood. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. What was happening with her at the time? I, I would have to reread it, but I feel like she was going through some major stuff. Oh, yeah. And like she was questioning her attachment to Rand. She was 
like wondering what was happening in Andor and where she should actually be. Like this is that whole we're traveling from this one location to the next location to Elaine is performing on a tightrope. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? She looks like a flaming queen. Um, <laughs> I love you, Uno. I love you. Okay, so one of the one of the things past and this actually is tied in exactly to what we're saying is what is it with Jordan writing these men having relationships with women who are so much younger than they are? And I mean, I'm not trying to stir a pot or anything, mm-hmm. but this is this happens repeatedly unless in you're series. A, unless you're a really old ice at I because all of their warders are young AF. Yeah, they would have to be, mm-hmm. considering lifespan and everything for the Aes Sedai, but... So there are some... There's major age gaps between, I feel like, all of... Many of the relationships. It's not just as That's one-sided true. as older men and younger women. Yeah. I mean... Huh. Okay, yeah, good observation. It isn't just one-sided. It feels a bit heavier, I guess. Maybe it's just because it's... It's a bit more apparent that it's a romantic relationship in a lot of the situations True. where it's the the age difference. Good point. Is, Good point. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, we also have Queen Tylan, who is considerably older than Matt and Oof. likes to use daggers. I'm going to leave it there. Another. Bleh. Right? <laughs> so cringy. Yeah. It's so cringy. We've talked about it before. Should we slip into theories? Yeah. Theory land? The first one is pretty straightforward. We talked about it earlier. Did Tom kill Terengale? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. The companion says yes. Uh, and we've talked about it already that, you know, he uncovered the plot to kill Morgase and was like, fuck no, and Terengale mm-hmm. is dead. But you had asked, like, who is he, right? Yeah. It's such a huge point of the storyline. So maybe we oh my God, need yeah. to talk a little bit about Terengale Domager. He's he's Moraine's uncle. Yeah. He's one of he's one of Moraine's uncles. So he was brother to Layman, the king of Do you of think Kyrian. he's like, Hey honey, I'm sorry about your uncle? And then Moraine is like, Don't worry about it. He was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> No, she only told Swan those things. She was <laughs> much more reserved in public. Yes. But yeah, it's he, so he was positioned to marry and did marry Tigraine. Mm-hmm. And so Tigraine had been the queen of Ander previous to Morgase, but then she up and left, and Terengale was just kind of left hanging. With the son. And, yeah. Who with is? Galad. Galad. Who is oh right, Galad. You can say it however you want. I just that's how I <laughs> I actually kind of prefer Galad to Galad. Galad just makes me think more of Galahad, which I know is like the connection and everything, but regardless. So and so this also means that Galad is related to Maureen too. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, so weird. And this is Rand's connection to do- the Domadreds also, kind of. So, uh, well, be no, like because step- half-brother. Half. Yeah, and he's a Domadred, right? Like, that's his last yeah. name? Or just, okay. So, 
And then Elaine and Gowan are chaconned like more gays, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, then he would be related to that house through Galad. So uh, it's, it's you know, real simple, straightforward. Very easy peasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just, uh, yeah, it to me, this Just whole... keep this, uh, you know, family tree in your back pocket for... <laughs> yeah, so after she Green up and got the fuck out of there and Tarengale was left hanging, Morghese came in and was able to take the crown of... Andor, Andor, and in order to make sure that they weren't attacked by Kyrian while they were still establishing power, she marries Terengale and kind of like seals the deal on a secure throne, but with a dude that she really didn't like. And okay. I don't think Tigraine liked Terengale all that much either. It just seemed like it was politically advantageous for them to have... As these it, marriages, yeah, as it as it frequently be. is, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think does that yeah. explain who Tarengale is? Okay, Heck cool, yeah. cool, yay! I actually am really proud of myself. I remembered all of those. Things. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I'm <laughs> sorry. Moments like these are not <laughs> as frequent as I would like them to be. Um, Let's see here. And, and then it also confirms that he killed, like, this is also in the the companion, that he killed... Galdrian. Uh, yes. Who was the... Kyriana Noble. Yeah. And wasn't he, like, in position for the Sun Throne in some way as well? Um, like, was he the heir? I don't he, remember. He, I think he was in the line. I can look it up, though. Like, the line for succession on that? After Layman's death, his own, okay, he was a member and possibly high seat of House Riatin. Okay. At one Isn't point, he, he does a... have the title King of Kyrian. So. He's, he's a dark friend too, isn't he? Yeah, because when Rand, Rand uh-huh. and Tom are reunited in Kyrian, Varen and Matt show up later <laughs> on <laughs> in the Great yeah, Hunt. They've got like a bunch of Shinarns. They Shinarin have Shuren and Intar with them. Ugh, Matt's pretending to be a servant. They've got Loyal <gasps> with them. I can't, oh, I can't. I like. I just can't contain how much I love the Great Hunt. It's so good. After reading a couple of these Tom chapters, I I think I'm putting I'm putting my foot down and I'm going to say <laughs> the Great Hunt might. It, it is my favorite book of the series. Congratulations. There's just, there's so much shit going on that it's wild. And mm-hmm. they're looking for a way gate. Ways yep. gate. Or, yeah. Yeah. And they find it outside of his palace. They mm-hmm. needed a way in and Rand got a um, invitation An to invitation. The yep. Because he kept he throwing away Tom. all the other invitations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I love it. I just but love this that is part. just oh, it's so 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 good, yeah. and of course, you know, Galdrian is the one that sent the mm-hmm. cutthroat the to the tufts to kill or Dina. to question to question Tom. Dina yeah. gets killed, but Galdrian had had his men dress up in the house colors of his mm. political, his biggest political rival. 
Mm-hmm. Somehow Tom is able to put everything together because Tom's a badass. And Tom is like, no, mm-hmm. you see what's going to happen here is you're going to pay for what you did. And Yep. And by the way, there mm-hmm. will be an entire civil war that follows because of it. Yes. Damn. Mm-hmm. And this civil war is essentially what keeps the sun throne open for Elaine to take it later. Well, yep. I mean, Rand helped as well, but it, it's it's an empty seat at this point. So yeah, and like the stability of Kyrian in general is questionable. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, like and Kuladin had come storming through, being awful, mm-hmm. like. Tom's actions have this domino effect. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) it just, you're just, when you start looking at it and it just like spreads out, you're like, holy. And you know, he had to think about all of those things before he made that choice because it's fucking Tom. He would have known. Yeah. The only, the only thing I think he may not have seen coming would have been the IEL. And that's about it. Other than that, (laughs) he was like, fuck Kyrian. I don't care about you. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. I would yeah. want that guy on my side. Someone who can create a civil war with one death. Yeah, yeah. I want mm-hmm. that guy on my team. <laughs> Get it, Tom. Another one of the theories that's out there is people questioning if Tom was actually Elaine's father. Right. And this grosses a lot of people out because they think Tom was flirting with Elaine, which I refuse to believe. I right. I, because I don't want to, <laughs> not because there's any evidence. It's just because I refuse. Um, I don't want to see it. Yeah, but there was a book signing for A Crown of Swords in October 9th, 1998, where someone questioned if Tom was Elaine's father and Robert Jordan would vehemently put that theory to rest and said, no, yeah. absolutely not. No way. No. So <laughs> okay. there we have it. And that, um, this is I love that something clarity. that I found on the internet. Hopefully it's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's the internet. And yeah. But this was, um, this is, was transcribed, I guess, by someone who was there. So yeah. Neat. Yeah, I I get that, and we can we can skip the whole Gandalf thing because we actually talked about that mm-hmm. in the intro part, and I don't really think we need to revisit it. Yay! Because I just want to talk about Tom in the TV series, yeah, and how he's going to be portrayed before we end things here. And I I love keeping these little TV parts to the end because I feel like I could go on about it and it's a good way to like (laughs) shut me up because contain your excitement amber um no don't don't i love it so we do know that tom is not going to be playing the harp he's going to be a guitar man on the series um i personally don't care at all yeah yeah don't care doesn't whatever matter to me i do really like the actor that plays tom what is um, his name? Do you remember? It's Alexander Willame. Okay. I'm not a expert on Danish names, but 
<laughs> I will try my best. I am familiar with him in the series Rita. And he doesn't okay. have a big role there. But he does have some sexy, sexy sex scenes. I think the main thing that just caught me off guard is he's really hot. <laughs> and when I think of Tom, Marilyn, That's white not- mustached Tom, this is this is not the same image, but like, right, I yeah. like I like this idea of kind of Oh yeah. Giving Tom some sex appeal, you know? I think I think it should have been there from the beginning. Yes, I exactly. Exactly. You know? If like if he's been like Mr. I don't know, like Casanova kind of yes. with all of these really powerful women. I mean, he's got to have something. And I it's obviously not past him. I want when... the silver fox, not the stooped shouldered man. Yeah. Yeah. I want this courtroom assassin. Yeah. Suave as fuck. That's yeah. what I want. Suave as fuck Tom. And I really I'm I'm not one of those people that is super knowledgeable about the show. I cut ca- I catch up on things when I have time. Yeah, me too. So I'm not sure what episodes he is going to be in. Mm-hmm. It would be really interesting to kind of guess and see when he gets introduced mm. into the series. It says, okay, leave taking. Amber. Leave taking. I'm sorry. You weren't kidding. <laughs> He's hot. I just pulled him up. Yeah. Hi. They cannot put, possibly put white mustache on this guy. They no. just can't. Mm-mm. What, are, what are they? Oh, man. Hi. Right? And he plays the guitar. So, like, that's why they chose it for him. So he's going to so serenade us, right? So he's already us, good right? at it. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's obviously not a young man, but he's he does not look I, or feel past his prime at all. Right. Right. So, okay, if he's in the episode Leave Taking, does that mean he's introduced in The Two Rivers? It kind of sounds like that's what it would be, right? Because Leave Taking, mm-hmm. is that not the chapter name of when they leave? Yes. Like in Eye of the World? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where it is. Yeah, chapter 10, Leave Taking. So... Okay, he's going to be early on, it seems. I really hope so. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because especially especially since really we only get a fourth of mm-hmm. the first book with him. And then he's right. taken out in Whitebridge. But he is impactful through the end of the series. He is there to the very end, crucial to the series. So I feel like he needs to be introduced early on. So let me ask on. you this. Do you think that we are going to have the White Bridge incident? Oh, God, I hope so. I really do. I mean, especially after looking at that guy. Show off his Can you see tackle? him, like, facing down a... Well, that's why I'm really excited, too, because <laughs> if, he's, if he's in the two rivers during the attack on Winter Night... Mm-hmm. then I feel like we're going to see, this is going to be our first glimpse of him 
mm-hmm. throwing down and fighting, which mm-hmm. we don't get to see in the book. We only get to hear about it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh. <laughs> well, yeah, especially if things kind of switch more over to a Moraine perspective, which is one of the things that I've heard about the show. Mm-hmm. She was in Emmons Field when right. so that we get to see thing is happening. Exactly. So if they're going to follow her instead of Rand and Tam out at the the farm that would be so cool because then you like for us it would be like a behind the scenes of the story we already know and i this is what i'm most excited love that idea yeah take it away i want to see what you're gonna do i'm so excited and oh my god i know i've already said it but there's gonna be a season two and i'm just like I'm not gonna cry I'm just so excited I'm so excited and one of my friends knows me really well and like sent me a message and was like hey did you hear that season two has already been like renewed for the wheel of time I was like oh thanks for caring I love you I know right (laughs) it was so sweet thanks John in case you ever decide to read the entire series and listen to our podcast and I I love love seeing it switch over on IMDB for it says wheel of time parentheses post-production meaning like it's done. They've done. They're done shooting. They I'm so excited. It. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love the idea of having a sexy Tom getting back to Tom. I really think that having him be almost of an equal footing with Lan visibly mm-hmm. immediately straight from the beginning gives us a better concept of who he is with a lesser need for a ton of narration. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think, how cool is it going to be that first first shot of Tom, he, I mean, he very well could be introduced later along the road. Mm -hmm. Like they're at an inn, whatever. They stop Mm -hmm. somewhere after their leave taking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we get this guy in a in looking mysterious maybe playing his guitar mm-hmm. but there's something more kind of like deadly and mm-hmm. more uh what's the word I'm looking for like you get really get feeling, to feel this like assassin vibe from him yeah magnetic do you know like how, that's the word that comes to mind it's like he yeah. has a specific magnetism do you kind of remember how yagen hagar was introduced in game of thrones where you're like who is this killer guy yeah Mm, yeah like i would like to see some intrigue where i'm i'm wanting you know this more yeah and i want to see him I want to see his pile of bodies i want to see his (laughs) body count of all the people that he is just taken out to the trash he has notches on his guitar harp case okay yeah gu- <laughs> on his guitar, guitar case the the neck of the guitar has like little nicks on it yeah <laughs> another nick for the guitar <laughs> walking away yeah almost john wayne-esque mm-hmm. sorry i'm not really a john wayne fan i'm sorry i said that so um, yeah if um we, we would love to know, you know, theories. What do you guys think? Is he going to show up mm-hmm. a little bit later? I think I've heard this might be the case. I just don't, I don't think that they can bring him in 
the way that he's brought in in the book and have the same reaction to him unless they I don't know Show unless him. they handle yeah like the like kind of like the, what we're talking about is with that immediate sense of him mopping intrigue. up the body with or mopping yeah. up like trollic bodies off of the floor like it'll be interesting to see how they do it and I think and I mean, they're obviously they're obviously giving him a strong role. Like one yeah. of the first things that we have been shown, as far as like those little clip things go, is his guitar. Mm-hmm. Like it's Tam's sword, his guitar, the dagger. What else has shown up? Did I get all of them? Are there more? Matt's dagger, Tom's sword, the guitar. I think that's it so far. So, yeah, if there have only been three and one of them is Tom's guitar, I feel like he's probably going to be in it from the beginning. That's how I feel. That's my bet. That's my prediction. You think it's going to be make a like, pole? is the guitar going to be his weapon? It turns into, like, a gun, a machine gun. The, the, guitar, the guitar case is just, there's, like, an Uzi it's actually, inside of it. <laughs> it's, um, it's, um, it's from the Age of Legends. It's a it's an enchanted guitar, and it's impervious to everything. It's a power rock. It's a power rock guitar, guitar for when you really want to rock. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about you, Italy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only saying that through hearsay. I have no idea, but it felt appropriate. <laughs> okay. I feel like we are going on pretty long, and it's there's cool. a lot to cut out at least. I'm sure there is. It'll be delightful to listen to. A very special thank you to James from Wheel Up Time for mastercrafting our bardcore version of Big Pimpin'. Seriously, you are the best. Check out his YouTube page on the link in our show notes, or find him on the many Wheel of Time Discord servers like Mablis's or the Dusty Wheel. Thanks, James. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.